It shows us. There it is. It's, yeah, I can tell now. <laughs> I'm not Ani Rude, in case anybody was confused. A little bit better for some whenever I interpret his Indian English into Oki English. Um, because, I mean, he's from India, born and raised, and you guys are going to learn a little bit about him, and this is his second time to visit the United States, and he's probably put on a few pounds since he's been here. Maybe he's been eating some good food. So it's, uh, it's been awesome to have Ani Rood here, and we got him a couple more days before he has to. The Lord has for us and for how we can respond to that uh, in our walk with Christ. So if you guys don't mind, let's pray together, and we'll invite Brother Ani Rood up here with us. Lord, I come to you, and I am so thankful for the opportunity to be able to hear and to learn from Ani Rood tonight. Lord, I pray that you speak through him and that we have ears to be able to hear and to understand your story in his life and the work that you're doing in his life there in the lives of um, church leaders, children. And uh, Lord, help us to be in a space to be able to receive this word from him, from you. So Lord, I pray that we leave this place tonight challenged, convicted, and motivated to serve you with all that we have. Lord, let this not be another night where we just came and we sat and then we left and it didn't impact our lives. Lord, let it impact our lives greatly and let us learn and apply what we learn. I think the batteries are dead. I'll use one of them. That's a good idea. I'll use one of them. Um, Whichever one you all want me to use, I'll use. But you use this one, brother. This one's yours. Okay? So I'm going to read Habakkuk 2.14. And then uh, we're going to let him take it over, and he's going to tell us a, kind of a, a short version of his testimony because it's very impactful and how that's led him uh, to being a pastor and a leader. But I'm going to read Habakkuk 2.14 because this guides the whole conversation tonight. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. If we get that, then we're getting the mission and the vision that the Lord has given on you. So, brother, tell us about yourself. Uh, my name is uh, Nirut Chaudhary. Uh, yes. Uh, my name is Nirut Chaudhary from uh, North India, a place called Bihar. And Bihar was known as a graveyard of missionary, uh, maybe several years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, I was born and bro- brought up in a Hindu family. And my father was like one of the very much devoted to Lord Shiva, and the people, they change his name, uh, like a worshiper of Lord Shiva. So whenever he was growing up, his father was a devout Hindu. He wasn't just you know, a cultural Hindu. He was a devout Hindu that worshipped one of the main gods of Hinduism, and he was brought up and a part of that as well. Uh, like he became a crazy person, and he ran away from the home. And uh, uh, some of the villagers, they found him in a different state, which is very far away from uh, our state. And he came after eight years, and I saw my father first time while I was eight years old. So, you going to translate or? <laughs> I think they're understanding. Understand? Does everybody understand? Maybe I, I can have this. Hello. Walk around. Yeah. So my father came back to the home. Uh, he was like a crazy person. Uh, some of has to sell all the property to take him to the different, different hospitals or to the witch doctors or to the temples to sacrifice animals, maybe. 
And so his, uh, his dad ran off, and he came back with all of these problems, all of these bills, trying to figure out how to pay off everything. And so for the family to be able to pay off everything, they had to sell everything to be able to, for his dad to be able to come back. So they're at this point, they're left with nothing. So finally, we sold everything. Like, we have no place to live, so we came to a different village. Uh, my father used to sell palm juice and the alcohol. Palm so, juice, it, you know, comes from a palm, and they, it, they leave it out in the sun for just a little bit, and it turns into liquor. And so that's a big thing. What, what uh, younger people do, they'll set it out, and they'll sell the liquor, and people get drunk. So. Uh, so after some time, my grandfather, like, passed away. And my father, he became very sick. He got uh, tuberculosis. He was he hospitalized in the hospitals for uh, almost one and a half month. He was just laying on the floor. No hope that he will ever survive. Every time he used to throw blood. And um, my mother was just waiting for uh, the day where, when he will die so that he can bring uh, her, his body. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, one day one pastor happened to come to visit uh, the hospital. Uh, one of his family members was also admitted in the same hospital. He came, he was praying for the, praying for the sick person uh, with the other five five, six people, and my mother saw some uh, strange things happening there. Uh, she saw that like everyone has their eyes closed, they are just speaking, but not talking each other. So then, when they finished, she went to the pastor and asked, what did you do? Are you a witch doctor? Or do you perform something? So then pastor started explaining him everything, that no, I believe in Jesus, and I have the hope that uh, this person is going to heal because we believe in the name of Jesus and he heals sick person. So what they seen was the very first time in their life that they seen people praying. Yeah. So then he, my mother invited him to do the same thing, pray for my father. So the pastor came and he explained the whole gospel, like first you have to believe, then only your husband is going to heal. So of course my mother was ready to accept anything at the point. So he came, he prayed for my father, he gave his uh, address that if you need more prayer, uh, come to us. He will pray for my father. One of the many examples that we see in India and in South Asian culture of people being saved is through healing. Uh, God is miraculously doing some amazing things on that side of the world. And many people come to know Jesus because of the healing that takes place in their family's lives. So, yeah, like uh, after the prayer, uh, he started... Uh, recovering, uh, like uh, he started walking, and within uh, one and two weeks, uh, he came back to the village, and he came uh, to the village with the like uh, the full sense. He ca- he was healed uh, physically and the mentally. He could uh, like he could recognize who who they are and who I am. He was asking our names, so that was like a very surprising for us on the day. And my mother has to explain him everything that what had happened to you. And who came to the hospital, who prayed for you. And my, my father was, uh, like my father just took the address, pastor address, and he wanted to meet with the pastor. So just in a few days, because we do not have anything in our, in our home to survive for the next day or two days uh, until, unless we go and work. So because of his father being healed, uh, the pastor came back to visit with him, and the father wanted to know more about it because of what the Lord done in his life. And so for the first time, they're finding out more about what the church is and what a pastor even is. Yeah. So uh, like uh, he, again, uh, 
went back to Patna where he was hospitalized. Patna is the capital city capital of Bihar. Bihar. And then uh, he met pastor. He, is, he was living with the pastor and pastor helped him to start the egg business. And uh, in, in the home, like we have very hard to survive every, every day. Either I will have to go to the road construction or to the paddy field, the rice field to work so that we can have some rice or food for the next day. So on a daily basis, the family doesn't have anything they can do. His dad's not able to work much, so Anirudh's having to do most of the work. So day in and day out, he's going to work just for the, so the family can have enough food to get by each day so they won't starve. So anyway, like a, uh, in that village, there was like a five because I can get money. So every night when people go to sleep, uh, maybe after 12, we will go to the palm garden. I will climb on the tree, take palm juice, give it to them. They will give me the money. I will give it to my mother and she will not ask me any question from where the money came. But even, anyway, it was happening maybe uh, 15 to 20 days. And these people, they were getting angry because they were not making much money because I was the person stealing palm juice and like giving to those people. Okay, so just for clarity, what he was doing each and every night is he would climb the palm trees, get the palm juice, make sure to set it out so it would turn into a liquor so these people would come in and get drunk off of this. And so he was, he was stealing palm juice from other people's trees. So what he was doing was illegal. So one day, like uh, these people, they were trying to find out who is the person. So maybe uh, 15 to 20 people, they were hiding uh, beside the, uh, the tree in the bushes. And as soon as I climb on the tree, they started shouting, thief. And those people were waiting for the juice. They ran away, and I was alone crying on the palm tree. And these people, they were just these yelling These people were me. waiting around. They've surrounded the tree, and they're waiting for him. Yeah. He's stuck on the top of the tree because if he gets dropped, they're either going to kill him, beat him, or put him in jail. So he's hanging up here with his skinny little legs on the top of this tree trying to figure out what he's going to do because he ain't got nowhere to go. Basically, they, were, they had like a knife. They had like a bamboos and sticks. And I got afraid of that because nobody was there. Even those people, they left me. And uh, they know how to climb. They say, they say that if you don't come out, Come down, uh, maybe I will come and I will throw up, up up the tree. So I thought that will be very painful death for me. So I just closed my eyes, uh, suddenly came and I started running. But this, like there were many people, they, they found me, and they caught me and they beat me very badly on the night. And the same night after beating, I was not even able to walk. But the same night, the whole villagers, they gathered, maybe around 12.30. And they asked me, and my, my, my mother to pay 20... They took everything that they had and they kicked them out of the village and they had to run or they would be continually beaten if they didn't leave. So then uh, yeah, my father heard about it. He came. He took me to Patna. And then uh, after uh, one week, I was with him uh, with, like, with some medicines and then I was okay. I asked my father that I need to go and work and... Uh, uh, my father was trying to find a job for me, but I was too small, maybe 12 or 13-year-old boy. So my father uh, sent me to a house. Uh, there I was slaved, basically. I was completely slaved there. They essentially, they gave him, a, gave him away into slavery because they couldn't afford to do anything else. So he became these people's slave that he's about to talk about. So like every day, 5 in the morning to 10 at night, I will have to work cleaning, Mooping, brooming, and washing their dishes, and 
like washing their clothes and everything that I will do. And if I do any single mistake, they used to beat me. And the bad part of um, my life in that house is like a, whenever they will go out to the market or anywhere, they used to lock me in the house. And they, they did not used to give me like a, uh, just like a, the little food. And uh, uh, I cannot eat into their plate. Like basically they were thinking that I am an untouchable person. That I can do their work, but I cannot eat in their plate. So they gave me an aluminium plate where I was eating and just like I will put that plate under the tree. So that's how... So uh, they essentially treated him like a dog. Yeah. Right When we take the food to our dogs and they eat it out of the same tray, that's exactly what they would do. They'd bring the food, he would eat out of the tray like as if a, one of our dogs would eat out of a tray. And whenever he would be done working each and every day, they locked him inside. The lock was on the outside. So he wasn't allowed to leave or to go anywhere. So some, like a, uh, I was sick. They will not give me the medicine. And it has like a, the big boundary that I cannot, I, I cannot, I can climb on the palm tree even I can climb, but the booklet, and the booklet name was The Way to God. And in that book, uh, most of the verses are, are from the book of John. And there was some verses that uh, you ask anything in the name of Jesus, it will be given to you. And then uh, the Lord's Prayer. So every night before I go to sleep, I will just read the whole, whole book. And then I will recite the same prayer, like the Lord's Prayer. And then I will make one comment that I don't know who you are, but you are, here it says, like, ask anything, it will be given to you. So I wanted to just run away from this home. So That's all he all had, I for those me. of you that aren't quite understanding, all he had, he would be locked into the room each and every night, and all he had was just a track. Well, we would pass out to different people a track, and it had some verses from the Gospel of John and the Lord's Prayer, and that's all he had, and that's what he read each and every day. So somehow, like, God made me the way. There was one person, he helped me, and I just ran away. He, that person, he took, he held my hand, and he put me on the bus, and I came to my father, and I explained everything what had happened to me. And then the next day, he sent me to the, like, he took me to the pastor's house, and he told the pastor that I have nothing to do with him. He cannot go back to the home village. And now I gave him a work and there he cannot survive. So can you take him? Just like a, uh, give him enough food, whatever you will ask him to do. So essentially, he, he's able to escape. He has some help escaping. He goes back and they basically say, we've tried to get you a job at, at working for these people. You're no good there. You can't go to the village and we can't get you any work. So we have no idea what to do with you at this point. So like I started living with the pastor and this pastor was a good pastor. Every morning after the breakfast, he will take me to the villages or the roadside and he will give me a full bag of, bag of like literature, the New Testament, and the tract and the same booklets. And whoever passes through, uh, I will just like hand over to them. And if anybody will ask me the question, I cannot go to the home and they lost everything. And so he started working for the pastor uh, because that was kind of the only option. But the pastor would give him tracts and different booklets to go and pass out. And people would ask him, hey, what are you doing? What does this mean? He's like, I have no idea. I'm just doing what the pastor told me. And, and so, but the pastor would continually talk to him. But he was such in a, a rough mental and emotional state that he wasn't going to receive anything uh, about Jesus. So after three months, like, a, I don't know, maybe he just wanted to get rid of me. He sent me to the Bible school and I was happy to go there. And I went to the Bible college and I found there are some old people 
And I just have had a question by myself that why these old people have come here? They have never been to the school. So basically, I was just questioning by myself. But anyway, I was uh, like in that Bible college for five years. In between, they sent me many times, like they sent forth and back. So the pastor times. sent him off to Bible college to give him opportunity, essentially, to be able to get an education. But he's still pretty young at this point, 14, 15 years old. So he's going to this Bible college, and all these people, 18, 19, 20, or even older. And so he's like, I don't fit in with you guys, but why do I even have to be here? So, like a being in, like a started going to the class, and uh, after six months being in the Bible college, I came to know about Jesus. Like a, I just started making myself happy, being with those people, like I started helping them, and I came to know about Jesus, and that was on Sunday, and I gave my life, and I asked, I, I asked pastor, the coordinator, uh, principal that... Uh, I knew I, I have come to know about the Christ and I really want to take baptism today. So big test that I have to clean, latrine. And that took me one week to clean that step. And then he called me. I was just testing you whether you have the challenges or not. He told me that I am going to the Bible. For those of you who didn't quite catch it, after, catch it, after six months of being in Bible, Jesus saved him, changed him uh, from his life to Christ. Uh, he was baptized later. But they were helping him go to the Bible for him to stay there. One of the required uh, superintendent or principal had at the school is to clean out the septic tanks. And uh, I went to the village and I don't know any English. I knew Hindi and I can write Hindi. In the beginning, alphabet, and I started. Bible college, I had lots of problems there to communicate with anybody else, but like the, the God's grace, the favor was on me. I got, like, a, that was my opportunity for me, uh, that, for me uh, that I can speak English today. So I got graduate uh, in 2008, came back to Bible college in so, Bihar. So when you left that first Bible college, you went to another one. And in South India, Christianity is traditional and prevalent, very different from North India. So culture is very different. There's lots of seminaries, and they mostly teach, don't teach Hindi. So that's why he had to learn English to be able to even go to school there. Yeah. So I came back to the uh, Bihar Bible college, and uh, I asked uh, the principal, now I won't want to go to the... because. Our people in our area don't know anything about Jesus uh, because when you speak about Jesus, they have some different Jesus. And I just wanted to uh, that I wanted to preach at a church in in like a, in so Bihar is divided. Magihi is a place where he's from in Bihar, yeah. the place that we basically divided into three other language: Bhojpuri, Angika, and Maithili. People group was like a, the large you know, uh, Bihar. They never to work at least for two years. For two years, uh, our commitment, and I said that, no, I will go and work there. But anyway, like a month, I have to resign I to Gaya City, uh, like the Maghi region, region center of Maghi. And I started meeting some of the friends, uh, the college friends, and I made friends. He started worshiping on Friday uh, by myself. He joined with me, and he just requested to uh, hear the song. And the later on, like a... Uh, every day I will just like a morning, I will just meet the the uh, young people and anybody else and I will preach of Jesus. And when I started that church in Gaya City with five people. And then the day by day I come like one hundred people started coming to the church. So you know I had like 
that was my vision uh, that I want to plant a church and I want to be the pastor of that church, miss the boss of the church. And addition and tradition was very much applied into my life. And so leading up to this point in 2009, he wanted to go back to Bihar where he's originally from. He wanted to be the pastor of a church. And he was able to start a church in Bihar, which for those of you who have been here since we started going to Bihar, we know that there's hardly any Christians. And at this point in time, there were like 0.02% of the population had even heard about Jesus. So in 2009, he had the opportunity to plant a church and started with five people. And from 2009 to 2012, it grew from five people all the way to 100 people in an area where there's hardly any uh, gospel witness. Yeah, so that was my vision, that uh, I wanted to have my vision and my understanding that I want to plant at least one church and every people should come into my church, like add into the number. So anyway, and uh, like uh, during the time, I will go to the many villages, and we have like a uh, many people they have not rarely people they have heard about Jesus, and whenever the, I will speak about Jesus, they have like a, some different understanding that I, have you come to preach about like a Usa machine, Usa machine is which is like a uh, I will say in Hindi, Isu Masi ke Isu Masi ke people think that this person has come to advertise about the sewing machine. Okay, yeah. so let me explain what's going on. So, <laughs> it's actually really funny. So, like I said, nobody has ever really heard of Jesus. And so he was going out into these villages to be able to share about Jesus in a place that they'd never heard about Jesus. Well, the name for Jesus in Hindi uh, sounds exactly like a name for a sewing machine company. And so he would go to these villages talking about Jesus, and they'd be come to him all the time, quit selling us your sewing machines, we're not interested in your sewing machines. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was very true, and that's the reason I wanted to go and preach. So anyway, I was like able to do like a, till 2000, from 2009 till 2001, just like I planted the church, and I wanted to be the boss of the church, do Everything I can do, the addition, the tradition. So he's going to all these places, trying to go from village to village. And he's like, say, hey, I have this church here in Gaia. I'm sharing the gospel with you. If you believe, you can come to my church here in Gaia. It's a very traditional uh, method, it's, and it's adding people to the church. And for him, that's what his vision was that he thought he had had. So, yeah, in 2012, I happened to meet with uh, some of the uh, IMB friends. Uh, they are from... Uh, yeah, US somewhere. So, so the IMB, if you don't know what the IMB, it's International Mission Board. It's a mission sending agency from the United States that we, as a church, are actually connected with. Yeah, and uh, they like uh, they started training in Bihar, place called Patna. And basically, I was invited uh, for the training. Like I, I, I was invited to translate from in, like English to Hindi because I know English. So uh, I was like uh, translating his training for six months, and within six months, God changed my vision. The same, what you read Habakkuk 2.14. Yeah, like, I, and then I thought, my goodness, this is not the heart of God. Heart of God is see, no place left. Yeah, what I am doing is like, I can, I'm just like estimated with the hundred people. And in Bihar, there are like 45,000 villages and 100 million population in Bihar. In my life, maybe hardly I can preach to 10,000 people. I can reach out 10,000 people. How that is going to 
multiply. And if you read uh, Matthew 24:14, when the gospel will be preached, then end will come. And I wanted to see the end. And everyone is excited about the day that end will come and we will be the God. So that then God changed me like a, through that training. God changed my heart. My God changed my the vision. And I started that this is the vision from God. God wanted to see churches every villages. So he goes and he's translating for the International Mission Board and, and they're going through a training that's equipping pastors and leaders to be able to be disciples that disciple others so all the villages can be reached. So it's not just everybody comes to one church because that's not possible. For 100 million people in this state and another 200 million people in the state next door. Actually, if you take Bihar and the state next to it, it's about the same size as Oklahoma, these two states put together, but it has the same population as the United States. And so we're talking about a lot of people, and we're talking about one church in one of the biggest cities in the whole area. There's one. Just the one. And so he's going and he's doing these trains, and it's changing his vision, having a bigger vision for a gospel for all people. And the only way to reach all people is that he's able to teach more people. Yeah, so uh, when they finished the training, I really was excited that I wanted to, uh, like a, I wanted to see the churches in every village. So I invited them, can you come and train our believers, like our church? So I selected 50 people, 40 or 50 people from that church. And they came, they started the training, continued for three months. And after three months, we started like sending them. The training was for like two days every month. So first day we will do the training and the, the second day, like a half, half day, we will send them back. And they will go and meet with their friends and the families and the relatives or the neighborhoods. And they will preach. They, like, they will share their testimony, the Jesus story. If these people are interested, and they will invite them, come and teach more about Jesus. And after six months, many of them, they started churches in their own home, own village, because these people were coming from a different, different village. And after six months, our church become like a hub, like a 50 people, just yeah. 50 people were coming into that church. And so he started doing the training on how, the, how they can make disciples and make disciples and ch- start churches. And so after six months of making disciples and training them on how to do this, half of the church, there was 100, half of the church, the other 50 of them, went into their own villages and actually started churches. So the people that were a part of the church are now leading these churches and pastoring these churches. And I was very happy that these simple believers, they never ever... I had her like a, I was even not uh, knowing anything how I have to approach with the people with the simple method. So I never told them before. Uh, so these simple believers, they really simply took this vision. They went, they preached to their family, friends, the neighborhood, and they started joining in, into their home. And that's how they started. They started church. And then we started like a training more people. We started gathering the house church leaders and the pastors. And now you will not believe how many churches we have. Yeah, nobody believes. Like a, uh, it is like a dream that uh, for three years, that surprised me. The vision which I had, in three years I had the one church, only one church. But once I had the vision according to, to like a, 2.14, God changed my vision, and now I have 2,000 plus churches in Bihar and the Jharkhand. 2,000 plus churches. 
Yeah, there, may, many people might have a question that uh, how that can happen. And it is, we have a gen map, generation map that we are putting together. Keeping track of every single churches, what is happening, what is not happening. It is like a, uh, the generation map is uh, the diagnostic, the health of the church. And uh, we have the ma maps and we just put all, the, all of our churches reports in that. So any people, anytime they want to see, they want to go, they can go and visit the church. So that's how the multiplication uh, started. And now we have uh, 2,000 uh, plus churches in Bihar and the Jharkhand. And uh, yeah, like a, there are many challenges right now. Uh, challenges is like a, uh, these days as the churches are growing, persecutions are happening. We started going to the Jharkhand where like a, lots of persecution. Uh, the, the, the Hindu fanatic people, like a, the one group called RSS and the BJP, they want to make India Hindu country. And that's the reason they are disturbing all the Christians persecuting them, beating them, even if you might have heard the news, there was a young man last year, he was killed, like they throw acid on him, and uh, finally he died. So even though like a persecutions are happening, but the churches are growing. And uh, there are some slides, maybe you will see there is uh, some uh, churches. And uh, one thing that, uh, yeah, you can see, these are like uh, the women's, fellows, women's leaders, like uh, maybe some house church leaders, we were just training them. Yeah. There are more, actually. And these are basically, yeah, th this is just like a two days ago photo. And these all are house church leaders. And here, like uh, we invited them, uh, basically we meet with the leaders every month, but with the house church leaders, we meet every three months uh, in area-wise. So we invited maybe 100 people for the, like uh, the vision casting meeting or training and the fellowship and accountability. And uh, like I was sleeping, I was, uh, I am here and they are calling me that the food is finished. What happened? I invited 100 people but 180 people are here. And I said that I can't do anything from here because you people have to take care of them. So, so this there's is a training going on actually right now. So this is taking place in the last couple of days. And so they, they invited a hundred different church leaders, women and men alike that are leading churches. And so they hear about this church training, this church leader training that's taking place. hundred people are invited. So they have food. They're preparing everything for those hundred people. But 180 people showed up. And so everybody's calling Anirud last night at the house at two, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning because it's the middle of the day there. And they're asking, what do we do? He's like, I don't know. I'm on the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah, so this is a generation. So um, that is one pastor. His name is Bias, and that uh, another pastor is like a Bindiachal, and he have I think fourth generation of churches, fourth so, or fifth generation of churches. So what you're looking at right here on the very top are some of the very first churches that started in Anirudh's uh, network by one of these guys right here, and so those first five churches, those churches underneath that have been planted by those first five churches. And then you have another row right there that's been planted by those second churches. And now you're starting to see what they call fourth generation churches. So churches that were planted by churches that planted churches. So every one of these leaders that you've seen in the picture have been trained by Anirud and some of his main leaders to be able to do exactly that. To be able to disciple people, plant healthy churches that plant healthy churches.
Yes. And uh, you know, baptism is happening almost every day. Maybe I will come later on this slide, but uh, can you share uh, some baptism photos? Uh, you know, I, uh, before I told, like, uh, we started going to Jharkhand. Um, in our network, so the network's been growing so much, it's not only in Bihar anymore, but it's going to the state south of there in Jharkhand. And so it's a brand new work that the Lord has started in multiplying the work just the same as it has been the last few years. And then here's some pictures of a bunch of people that want to be baptized. Uh, yeah, almost every day, uh, 30 to 50 people take baptism. Every day. Yeah, every day. And I started work in Jharkhand because of lots of persecution. And I was invited there for the training. We did like a three-month training, and the fourth month, I went to continue the training. And I found that there is like a thousand people are gathering there. And I was I told pastor that I am not going to train these whole people. I just wanted to train thirty people. <laughs> and he, they said that no, these people have come for the baptism. So he's went down and he's trained some of these leaders and they've been trained to be disciples that share the gospel and do all these sorts of things. And he's been there a couple times. So he goes back another time to train another 30, 40 believers on how to share the gospel, how to make disciples. But when he gets there, there's all of these people like this on the screen right there. And he's like, I can't train. We only have so much room. I can't train everybody at the same time. And the leader's like, no, these people don't want to be trained. They just want to be baptized. So those people he'd been training shared the gospel with all of these people and they've given their life to Christ. Yeah. So, so this, uh, the four-field training is very effective training that I learned, started doing. And they came to know, they started diagnosing their church that my goodness, since a year and maybe two years, they, some of the believers, they have not been baptized. So that is the obedience. Be baptized. Like a, a Philip and unique story, they learn, and learn it. And the next month, they baptized every of them. And yeah. now baptisms are happening like all, all, every day, 50 to 60, sometimes 100 people. And the reason but, that all of these people were waiting to be baptized because these leaders didn't understand. They actually had the responsibility to baptize these people. They had been waiting for Anirudh and some of the main leaders to come back and baptize them. And so then he got to train them. No, you're the leaders. You can baptize these people. And so then they literally get in like seven or eight lines and these leaders start baptizing them one after another, after another, after another. Yeah, like 24 people, the 24 pastors, they started baptizing all of them. And the good thing, I was like a afraid of that because in in Jharkhand it's not freedom like a anti conversion bill is applied there that you can do like a openly. But after the baptism they started like a singing, dancing, they had the drums, they were playing and I was just like a afraid of that maybe some people will come and did they will so in this state in Jharkhand it's actually there are laws called anti-conversion laws if there's anybody that converts from Hinduism to Christianity or even 